0: Hey guys,
1: welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and with me as always is my
2: main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? It's going good, you know, just chilling, enjoying some of this good weather. Um, Staying inside because it's too hot, but
1: just enjoying life right now, man. Yeah, I feel you, man. You know, uh, 4th of July weekend was a little bit crazy, Uh, as you know. You know, me and Jibs were together on the boat. You know, drinking a little bit too much on those White Claws, but uh, it, was a, it was a good weekend overall. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. But we're back now we're talking some football, uh, some cool news going on today. We're going to be talking some uh, busts uh, of 2020. Uh, and for this episode, we brought in uh, a real fun guest. Uh, I actually work with him on the We Know Fantasy podcast. Cody, what's going on, Butter? Not much. How you doing? doing well man having my uh, tequila and cranberry uh, and it's time to talk some football today uh how did you enjoy your fourth of july weekend
3: it was good uh, we went out uh, up to my wife's one of my wife's friends uh, campgrounds and we kind of hung out on the river uh had a fun time
1: yeah that's awesome that's good to hear um, and uh, how's uh you know how's being inside uh, dealing with this whole uh you know coronavirus situation going for you
3: Oh, man it's not too bad uh i am able to work from home so uh that's nice uh just keeping up with that uh all week and uh just trying to you know stay uh stay occupied i guess you know yeah. I watch a lot of netflix uh and look at fancy football stuff and and take care of that and get ready for the 2020 season Okay, hey, can't go wrong with
1: that that's for sure so uh let's get right into our news for the day guys uh we got a lot to talk about uh we'll go with the smaller things first even though this was a pretty big thing but uh Patrick mahomes signed a you know a 10-year extension worth up to 503 million dollars uh no trade clause uh do
3: you guys have anything you guys want to say about this it's a ton of money <laughs> i mean uh that that's that is a ton of money uh i like it for patrick mahomes obviously uh he's a great quarterback he's probably the best quarterback right now now uh in the league so he's he's earned it he's won a super bowl he's won an mvp he's only 25 years old um i, I think he's deserved uh what he got here in this 10-year extension
2: you yeah, know, we'll just back up the Brink trucks like, multiple to, like, the Mahomes estate, like, that's unreal. I never thought I'd ever see, like, a 10-year contract in the NFL, but, like, he's done it all pretty much, and it's only his third year, which is, like, remarkable, so I, he just has a lot of money, but it's kind of hurt the Chiefs in the long run, you know, like, there's other players that want to get signed, like Frank Clark, who won't get signed, but we'll see how it goes. That window's kind of closing, but and Mahomes is a great player. I'm sure you
1: can put that team on his back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, you know, Mahomes himself,
2: locking him for 10 years, you can't beat that.
1: And I think it's a good deal for the most part for the Chiefs. Yeah, it might strap them on cash, but, you know, 10 years you get your franchise quarterback. You don't have to worry about the all the bullshit of having to re-sign your franchise guy every four or five years, whatever it may be. You got a nice 10 years to kick back. So uh, good for Pat Mahomes. You know, he really deserves it after that Super Bowl win. And staying on the course of the Chiefs, Um, RB coach uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, expects a big jump from uh, Damian Williams. Uh, Cody, you know, does this do anything for you? Do you you value Damian Williams, especially now that, you know, we don't really have an offseason and possibly uh, preseason?
3: Yeah, you know, Damian Williams, he had a, a great game in the Super Bowl, if you remember that. And he, you know, he was all right last year. He's been around now for a little bit. He knows the playbook. So, yeah, I think there's definitely an advantage, especially at the beginning of the season, uh, for for Damian Williams to see some decent playing time. Um, it's a little uh, surprising to see with the, you know, addition of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But, you know, Damian, he's a proven guy. He knows the offense. I think he'll get a shot early in the season, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a little later. Ooh, can't wait.
1: How about you, Jibs? Uh, anything that's, you know, is it, is, are you making a, a jump up on Damian Williams a little bit more now in 2020?
2: Uh, I never kind of got off him because I was just in that kind of camp that even though Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, like, an amazing talent and they spent that draft capital on him that— they're going to have to use Damian Williams at one point. Like, he's not just going to immediately just take 20 carries a game, you know. So I felt like Damian Williams gave owners some early season value for in the fantasy redrafts and stuff like that. But given this news, too, like, you never know. Like, this is classic Chiefs. They just you get a hyped-up player, and then the coach is like, oh, no, yo, this, like, the main guy from last year, like, he's still good. We're going to use him, and then it kind of just, like, confuses you but
1: David Williams has some good value towards him yeah no i mean again you can't always believe what you hear on the hype you know it, it is you know coaches are going to say these things but again yeah uh, especially with this offseason of how it's going i mean Clyde Edwards Toler as crazy talented as he could be in the nfl Damien williams is not a bad running back you know we haven't obviously seen him doing a big workload but uh you're getting him in round like i think he's going in round six or between six and eight right now and in redrafts, I mean, you're getting a great value who a guy who could, who when he was on the field last year produced big numbers. So uh, it's definitely good to see that he might be maybe taking a jump that maybe he didn't have an opportunity in his early career to really do. So I'm looking forward to see what Damian Williams is able to do uh, in 2020. Um, another thing on the board, David Njoku uh, requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns. The Browns say that, uh, you know, they want him on the team Uh Anywhere you think David Njoku could go and be kind of successful, Cody?
3: Man, I was kind of excited to see what he would do in Cleveland this year, honestly. <laughs> uh, you know, they brought Kevin Stefanski in to, to run the offense as a head coach here, and he ran the offense in Minnesota where they used multiple tight ends last year. So I was kind of excited to see maybe the Browns would be able to use uh uh, austin hooper and david njoku similar to the way the vikings used Ersmith jr and kyle rudolph last year but so i, I don't really know where david njoku I, I don't know the reasoning why he would request a trade but he is still young uh he has potential if he can go somewhere that they need a tight end and need a number one tight end uh maybe uh <laughs> You know, I, I can't think of anywhere off the top of my head, but maybe it would pay off for him. But I think staying in Cleveland would, would be just fine. Yeah, no. Um, you know,
1: I think he did some good, had some great chemistry with Baker overall. Jibs, uh, how about you? Any any place in particular you think you'd see Njoku going?
2: One place in particular I hope he doesn't go is the Jaguars. I just feel like that's like a graveyard <laughs> for the fantasy community lately. But other than that, maybe like the Cardinals. Well, that would be kind of interesting, right? Even though like it's just like a big body, bigger body tight end with all those receivers out there, I think that could work well with
1: Kyler. I mean, he is fast for a tight end. He's got real great athleticism. Athleticism, so you know he could possibly do something really great. And when they do those, you know, uh, those hurry up offenses and the air raid and everything like that. So no, I definitely agree with that. Again, Cody, I agree with you. I think if he stays in uh, Cleveland, he still will have a pretty big role in this offense. I think overall. So I mean. I really would love him to say, but again, if he goes somewhere else for fantasy value, a team like Washington would be pretty interesting. I heard that even Green Bay could be a possibility. So, you know, there's a couple places out there that David Njoku, as young as he is, could really make an impact in fantasy if he doesn't happen to stick in Cleveland. So,. Uh, And a couple other things. The NFL Players Union Board voted to recommend not playing any preseason games. Now, we kind of talked about this last week, Cody, but I want to get your take on it. Uh, Does, you know, possibly no preseason games affect the way you draft in terms of like maybe, you know, rookies or guys who are switching teams?
3: Yeah, I think it definitely has to have a little bit of an impact. You know, these guys not getting that chance to get any game action with their new quarterbacks, Uh, and like you said, namely the rookies and namely free agents that came in to a new team. Um, You know, they're not getting that time to gel in the preseason, to gel with their new quarterback to get ready for the the upcoming season, and I'm sure it's going to hurt. I'm sure there are going to be some guys – some younger guys, some guys on new teams that are going to get off to a slow start. Am I dropping them drastically in my rankings? No, probably not. But I, you got to at least think about it when you're drafting a, a guy that's maybe on a new team or, or coming into a new situation.
1: No, definitely. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, Jib, I think you missed this part of the uh, segment last week, though. But what about you? What are your thoughts? You have any? Uh, is that going to change your way, the way you uh, draft with these guys?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll have a little bit more bias than some of the guys who are kind of established on the rosters. But you still got to invest in a rookie or two because they usually hit, like, a pot of gold this season as we saw, like, the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with both your guys' take on that. You guys heard what I said last week. You know, it definitely affects them, but you have to take them when you can take them at the right value. So, Um, and then, again uh Antonio Brown there's some talks you know about him maybe going to Seattle uh we don't really need to comment on this because I I don't believe it's going to happen but do you guys believe at all just you know yes or no do you guys believe that Antonio Brown plays this year I don't think so
2: the way 2020 has gone so far anything's possible
1: (laughs) yeah no I I I highly doubt it but yes you're right Jibs. you never know so uh yeah but I guess the biggest news of the day that broke, probably within last hour, Raheem Mostert, guys, is demanding a trade from the 49ers. Um, his agent had tweeted out saying, you know, he was the best running back in yards per carry last year and uh, helped them win a Super Bowl, but as yet is getting paid as a special teams player. Uh, you know, first off, uh, you know, anything think a great question for this, but could he go somewhere and make an impact somewhere else? And if he does leave, uh, does this open your guys' eyes for anyone on that 49ers running back court?
3: Man, I, this is another situation where I'm a little bit baffled. You know, Mostert was going to come into San Francisco and probably be the number one go to guy. But speaking on if he would go somewhere else, you got to look at Tevin Coleman as the the top guy in that backfield. You know, Breida gets traded to Miami, and if Mostert would be gone, then you're looking at Tevin Coleman as really the number one guy, and then Jeff Wilson in the backfield behind him. But yeah, Mostert, I don't know that there's very limited places that I could really see him going and having a role similar to what he would have uh, in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, I, th- I feel the same way, actually, Cody. I, I think Tevin Coleman would be the guy to get, but then like, Dynasty fancy owners should just kinda like scour that little waiver wire for some uh Jared McKinning action. I know he was on IR last year, don't forget about him, but definitely uh get some Jeff Wilson. like they loved Jeff him last Wilson. year. They used him in some key situations and like he'll just get a random touchdown on like third and twenty four, which would be like wild. And like he looks pretty T like and like Matt Brady got traded. Moster once out, so they're they're losing people in that running back core that we thought they would have like seven people starting at the end of last year.
1: Cody, by the way, I just figured out a team that I think he could actually pre- maybe produce in. But what about the Jaguars? You know, we'll have a little lightning thunder with him and uh, Leonard Fournette it would definitely <laughs> kill Leonard Fournette's value. But uh, you know, Mostert being a little faster guy in the backfield there, that could be interesting. Yeah,
3: I can't say I would hate that.
1: Yeah, I think I would still consider him as a really, not a valuable option, but definitely somewhat of an interesting option in fantasy. Uh, but again, yeah, it would be crazy if he were to not be there anymore. Obviously, you would assume automatically, you know, Coleman gets the main carries, you know, with um, Kim McKinnon coming back and probably being the one beat of that situation. Jibs, I love Jeff Wilson. I've always been a Jeff Wilson believer. I think he, whenever he's, whenever he's come on the field, he's always produced, and that's, Sometimes I just feel like he just needs the opportunity to do it. Again, maybe he's just a, a short-term guy. guy like Jermichael Hastley, another option out there. I uh, can't think of the other guy's name. Ahmed something. I can't think of his last name. But he's definitely... These guys right now, I just looked on sleeper guys. They're the top three waiver addeds right now in, in, on sleepers. So you know you're going to go find a guy. If you're in Dynasty right now and you have an open roster spot, definitely would consider just throwing one of these guys in your bench because injuries do pile up with the main two guys but one thing I just read on Twitter guys and I didn't think about it until just now what if Devontae Friedman goes there afterwards they give they go and trade most and then Devontae Friedman goes there takes the pay cut and goes back with Shanahan how crazy would that be
3: yeah that that would be that'd be interesting (laughs) uh I wouldn't want anything to do with him or (laughs) or that backfield but uh it, it would be interesting
1: yeah, I, I just think that it would it would be it would definitely be more interesting to have Freeman back there over a guy like Coleman and um, you know McKennon basically because I freed Freeman can take that uh, passing work overall, while you know Coleman does the in between kind of tackles kind of stuff. So, yeah, that would be real interesting, guys. But hopefully, we don't have to have that deeper conversation eventually. Hopefully, most you know eventually just sticks around because he doesn't really have the the leverage they have running backs the system fits all kinds of running backs so unfortunately most are just like Dalvin Cook you have no advantage over the 49ers this year so uh that is the end of our news for the day guys Uh, Hopefully we keep having more news coming in. As the season gets rolling, we're going to have more and more coming in. So let's get to our main segment of the day, and it's bust. You guys were here listening last week. We did sleepers, and this week we're doing busts. And, yeah, I'll have five busts each. Uh, We may or may not have similar ones. Who knows? We'll find out today. Uh, Cody, you are our guest, so we will let you go first with your very first one.
3: All right. Well, the way I kind of broke this down is I looked at ADP, uh, so the average draft position of – where all these guys are going on. And I just kind of thought this guy's going way too high for what I think he's going to do this season. So the first guy on my list, he's going currently in the second round at two Oh four. And that's Austin Eckler. It, the way the area that you're drafting him in here as the two oh at the two Oh four, he's going to have to repeat what he did last season for you to get any value back. And I just don't really see that happening even without, um, Uh, Melvin uh, Gordon in the backfield with him Uh, I feel like Philip Rivers was a part to Eckler's success you know Philip Rivers is a big dump off guy always dumping the ball off to his running back they kind of get a couple yards here and there and and Eckler really produced last year I believe he had 92 receptions out of the backfield and without Rivers there now you've got Tyrod Taylor taking over and you look at tyrod taylor and what he's done in the past he's more of a scrambling quarterback so when the pocket breaks down or there's there's problems instead of a check down to the running back you might get a quarterback uh you know quarterback run by tyrod so i feel like eckler's receptions are going to go down and that's where he made the most of his uh his fancy points last season because he only aver- or he only had 4.2 yards per carry and only had 557 rushing yards. So I feel like you look at what you need out of Eckler when you draft him at 204, and he's just not going to give you that back. And you also have to look to, like I said, Melvin Gordon's gone, but Justin Jackson's still there. So maybe Justin Jackson eats into a couple carries as well. So Austin Eckler is my first guy here that I I just feel like He's being drafted too early. I would not want him in the second round.
1: Ooh, that's interesting. Don't forget, Joshua Kelly is also there, the third round pick in this year's draft that they took. Who I just, I really starting to like actually. But Jibs, I know you're pretty high on Ackley. Do you have anything to, to say on that? I
2: actually didn't hear one thing he said. I my phone died. Oh,
1: I just man. got back on. He's talking about Eklah
2: being a bust. He's hitting on my boy. He's hitting on a boy, yeah. Oh man, Cody, I thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure you have reasonable takes though. Like just because there's concerns about the quarterback situation and how that will kind of regress and how his offense was basically just Phil Rivers just chucking him 100 balls to get his production up but I just saw something in my eye that they, they just feel like if they don't want to pay Melvin Gordon, they could get a guy cheaper who could do the same thing. I just feel like they know what they're doing and I think he'll be a sure a lot top 10 running back this year.
1: Okay. Well, I we'll guess we'll find out, though. Uh, Jibs, you're up, though. Uh, what is your first bus of the evening?
2: Oh, uh, my first bus tonight. I'm going to take Aaron Jones. Similar ADP. He's going around like 19. And he's Aaron Rodgers' right hand man. He killed it last year in fantasy, but Jesus, like the aggression gods, are calling upon his name. Like, Jones last year was a huge beneficiary when Devontae Adams went down with his toe, turf toe injury. It gave him a lot of more passing and some targets to go to his, towards his total last year. And he single-handedly won Fantasy Owners Championships last year when Jamal Adams got hurt with a head injury. But between then, he's basically splitting the uh, the rushing attempts 50-50 with them for quite a bit of the, towards the season. So I just think even with uh, Agent Dillon getting drafted in the second round with the Packers and the Packers not actually getting Aaron Rodgers some talent in the receiving side of the things, I just think Aaron Jones is kind of too risky for my uh, liking at uh, a second-round pick. Yeah,
1: no, uh, I could not agree with more, especially in the second round. To be honest, I, I actually don't hate Aaron Jones still. I don't want to draft him in round two now because those touchdowns are a screaming regression. And if, I, if somehow I could get him late round three, maybe on the turn on round four somehow, I'd be really happy still with that pick. But, yeah, those touchdowns that he had last year, that has to come down.
3: Yeah, I actually – he's the next guy on my list, Aaron Jones. So – I agree with you as well. I mean, you guys hit on it, the unsustainable touchdown rate, uh, 19 touchdowns I think it was last year, uh, tied Christian McCaffrey. Um, It's going to come down, and you're going to be disappointed if you take him in the second round, kind of hoping for a similar season to last year. I just don't think you're going to get it.
1: Yeah, now, guys, if you're thinking of Aaron Jones in round two, it's something you have to consider not doing because, you know, again, touchdown regression is huge. You know, you have to worry about Jamal Williams. You have to worry about A.J. Dillon now possibly seeing some goal line work. I mean, that's literally what he is, a big back who can just get those short yardages. I know Aaron Jones is good at that too, but Dillon is a reason they draft him in the second round for something. So uh, just keep that in mind. Don't draft him in round two. Definitely maybe round three at least, but definitely not round two. Uh, my first guy on the board here is a running back as well. I was sticking to the uh, running back core here. And some people, you guys may give me some, some shit for this. And I, I get why. And it's Cam Akers of the 49 not 49ers, of uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, thank pick. you. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm on your side. Thank you. You know, I get what you're seeing in him. You know, he's a physical runner. You know, he played one behind some of the worst offensive line in college and did very well in that time frame. Uh, You know, he's explosive, you know, very strong running back, has a potential to be a three down back in the NFL. It really does. And I I get the hype on him and why everyone's taking him right now. He's going in round seven and I can see a very similar David Montgomery situation happening with this guy uh, this year. uh, But by the time, you know, September rolls around, he could be in round four. Maybe round five to be more realistic, but again, round five just seems a bit much because I'm still a pretty big fan of Darrell Henderson. I believe Malcolm Brown does get work in this offense, and he, yeah, he had a bad offensive line in college, but it's college. Again, it's a little different still. He's playing the ACC. He played some pretty bad teams. I mean, half his touchdowns on the on his season last year was in against teams who were bottom or well, below the top hundred uh, def- defenses in college. So. Some of his work there was a little, you know, against some easier opponents. Now you go to the, another worse offense in the Rams who didn't get any better. Uh, the same team basically still on the offensive line. And, and you're expecting him to rush behind that with some of the tougher defenses in the, the NFC West at least or whoever they're versing this year. I just don't see it. Uh, I believe they have like one of the worst running back schedules or the worst running back schedule this year actually for fantasy running backs. And, again, he's going to be mixing with Henderson. He's mixing with Brown. He had some fumbling issues in college. I I just don't see – and I'm hoping you guys just kind of pump the brakes on him because I do have him project to go between round eight and round nine, which I think is solid. I wouldn't mind having him. I'd like to see his upside. But I I think if I'm telling you guys now to watch out for that, you know, just don't go nuts and have him, his ADP, just jump up to round five because I want nothing to do with that. And if it continues – to go as I've seen it go over the last month now, he's going to be a buzz for you guys, and he's not going to be a guy who breaks out in year one. So just just watch out for that. Don't go nuts drafting Cam Akers too early.
3: Yeah, I'm a I'm a Rams fan, so that one hurts a little bit, <laughs> but I'm on your side here. I I just feel like the Rams backfield is going to be a three headed monster of Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown, and I just feel like. N- Neither of the three None of the three Are really going to Jump out From any of the other ones And The Rams I feel like You know They've had Todd Gurley For all those years That number one Style running back But I can easily see them Switching to A committee And it's definitely A committee At this point With no proven running back I don't want any part Of this committee at all So I agree on the Cam Akers As the bust
1: Appreciate that from a Rams fan. I mean, Gurley was RB twelve last year, and he had eight hundred yards. And if he didn't get twelve touchdowns, he'd probably much farther down the list. I mean, I can see Akers getting eight hundred yards maybe, but I don't think he's getting twelve touchdowns. He's not gonna do what Gurley did last year. So, um, no, but, not at all. No, not no, exactly, not at all. So I'm going with Akers, guys. Uh, since Cody, you did your second one already. Jizz will let you go with your second one. Who do you got?
2: For me, I'm going to go Jared Cook because you know how many touchdowns he scored from 2016
1: and 2018?
2: 14. Nine. You know how many touchdowns he scored last year? Seven. Nine. On 43, so he scored nine touchdowns on 43 catches last year. That is that amazing clip. Obviously, he's a tight end for Drew Brees, but they did actually get some help. Manuel Sanders coming to save the day to uh, take some pressure off Michael Thomas, but he doesn't really need any pressure taken off him. But you still have Michael Thomas in the backfield. Well, I just don't see his his actually like his his role in the offense actually expanding to a degree. And with the touchdowns kind of coming down, I just feel like maybe he'll even have like four or five touchdowns this year. But you just can't take him at the current rate. He's probably tight in nine, or stuff, but. There, you can find some gems down the list, and it's not really worth it. Take a rotational wide receiver, get your backup quarterback, or take your first quarterback at that pick. But at, uh, I think that's round seven or around eight. Still I can't remember that.
1: Yeah, that's way too early for me still. I haven't projected around 10, nine, and 10. So, no, I agree with you, Jibs. I mean, nine touchdowns on 43 catches. I just, that doesn't work for me. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he's older, though, but I, he's definitely going to make some kind of impact. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more now that Drew Brees is back for his possible last season, so uh, I could definitely see we were coming out with that bust.
3: Yeah, the touchdown rate is definitely unsustainable, and you look at the Saints last year, and Alvin Kamara really saw a drop in touchdowns. I think his touchdowns are going to, creep back up and if that happens i feel like they have to come away from somewhere and i think jared cook is where they come from yeah for sure you know we had eight tight end one performances last year eight
1: that's a lot i don't think jared Cook's doing that again at all this year so that's your dfs dfs king right there that's my draft guide like (laughs) Um, so I'll go to my second one now, and I am switching to wide receiver this time, and it's Stefan Diggs. He's currently going at ADP 55, round four for me, and I'm not buying the whole, you know, him going to see more opportunity now in the new offense and going to Buffalo with a Josh Allen, which I really like Josh Allen as a quarterback, and yes, he, he helped get two top... You know top 30 wide receiver performances this past season, so nothing on that, but again, overall, I think just Josh Allen, I just don't see him producing Stefan Diggs the way we want him and the way he's going right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in round three as a possible wide receiver one for some fantasy teams right now. And you know, Diggs has been really good over his career. This year season was enough for him because he had a 17.1 yards per catch. After averaging just 12, uh, 12, 12, uh, 2 or something like that, yards per catch of his four year career prior. And again, Josh Allen is a running quarterback. He's, I don't see him throwing the ball too much more than what he's already did this past season. Again, they had brought in Zach Moss to be a bruiser back, a younger bruiser back. Devin Singletary's there. Uh, again, they still have John Brown and Cole Beasley. Stefan Diggs didn't have that last year. Stefan Diggs benefited last year from having Adam Thielen on the other side of the field. From for the first eight weeks he was a wide receiver one during that time frame and then he saw him fall off once Adam Thielen went down um, and the, the point I'm really making of that is because John Brown and Cole Beasley aren't the same as Adam Thielen uh, so they're not going to demand as much attention as Stefan Diggs will Stefan Diggs will see the most of the tension and I think this actually allows John Brown and Cole Beasley to actually benefit from that from having softer coverages and. Again, Josh Allen isn't the most efficient quarterback. He was actually one of the worst efficient quarterbacks in the NFL last year. While you know last year, Stefan Diggs had Kirk Cousins, who actually was a pretty decent efficient quarterback. So you're going from a an efficient quarterback to one of the worst last year. Again, Josh Allen. I hope he grows a little bit more. I just don't see a big a big growth in that area overall. And you're gonna get Stefan Diggs in round four, and I think that's gonna be a bit of a um, a bit of a struggle for you because i think that many people may take him as you know an rb a wide receiver one and i think he's more of a wide receiver low-end wide receiver two in fantasy this year and i'd be more comfortable getting him in round five uh in drafts this year i know it's one round difference but that's a big difference in draft round and overall i think he could end up being a bust and not have this 1100 600 yard season i could see under a thousand yards from him this year and not many more touchdowns than what he has possibly less
3: yeah i'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one steven i really like stefan Diggs here i really like the bills offense coming into this season i'm a big josh allen believer i have him in a ton of dynasty leagues he like you said he's, he's not the most consistent quarterback but he does like to throw the ball deep and who on that team is going to be the guy on the receiving end of i think as the true number one in a different offense i really have a feeling that stefan diggs is gonna thrive this season i really like the potential here and you have it him here uh you were saying round four guy if i leave my draft with two good running backs two solid running backs and stefan diggs as my wide receiver two in the fourth round i'm absolutely loving my team so I like Steph- um, Stephon Diggs. I like where he's going in the draft right now. Um, I f- I feel a big
2: season coming from him. I really do. I'm actually lukewarm on him. <laughs> but like at that, um, like at this draft, I sort usually see him getting picked at like at the last like couple of years, around Before? like pick it's like 28 to like 33, 36, and now you're getting them like maybe a round and a half later on a different team obviously different situations but you just never know so like cody said like in that situation if he's my wide receiver too coming out and then i have like calvin Ridley or some robert woods cooper Cuppert and him like i'm all right i'm down with that like let's rock find the quarterback find the tight ends get more running backs and call the day all right all right well
1: i'm, I'm beat out on that one we'll see guys as the season goes on when i'm you know when i'm right, and he has like no yards in the first eight weeks We'll come talk again about that. But uh, we're back on number three here. Cody, you're back up. Who's your
3: third guy? So the third guy on my list is another rookie running back, and I'm going with Clyde Edwards Hilaire here. He currently, according to what I was looking at in, in PPR leagues, he's going as the 209 in in redraft leagues. And that's just way too high, in my opinion, for a rookie running back. We talked about earlier, Damian Williams still there, still on the team, still healthy. Uh, Should have probably been the Super Bowl MVP at a huge game. But I I just feel like you're not going to get a full workload from Clyde Edwards Hilaire to start the season for sure. And I think you're going to see a split between him and Damian Williams for the majority of the year. Um, He's he's not going to return... Uh, second round value for you, I don't think, you know, in, you know, I know the Chiefs, high flying offense, high powered offense, uh, but I, I just don't see a pathway for Clyde Edwards Hilaire to immediately help your fantasy team. And when you're drafting, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're drafting your team, you want to get these guys that are going to give you a so- <clears throat> solid, <clears throat> oh, sorry a solid uh, foundation for your team. So you look at guys that are going around the same area as Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You've got Travis Kelsey, you've got George Kittle, Todd Gurley, um, guys that you can probably take that will impact your team right away and help you win those early season games.
1: No, um, I actually agree with that. I'm really uh, trending down on Clyde Edwards Hilaire right now. Just so doing everything that's going on this offseason right now, there's definitely going to be a learning curve for this kid, and I'm not comfortable taking him in early round three to be my guy. If that's the case, I just it seems very it doesn't seem right to take him that early now and, and draft. So no, I, I agree with you, Cody, on that 100. percent
2: Maybe like the fantasy community is trying to like catch up on the curve. Like I remember when like Kareem Hunt, like obviously he's two picks, two rounds later than. With the Chiefs invested this year, but he wasn't like a no name. And then when he got his opportunity, he was going to be named starter. Like fancy he started getting some news, and like they kind of got elevated his status. He was like a round four pick. And Steve, that. you remember that year? Like oh, I picked in round great. three, and was mad. I was looking like I was crazy for like cap the draft, and I came out with some golden League one. So maybe that's why I like the the price of his draft stock so high, just the Andy Reid running back. But I can't, I can't pick them at two nine. That's just absurd. Especially if I have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, I'll probably pick Patrick Mahomes there at nineteen or uh, two nine, then pick uh, Clyde Edwards.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's the fact that for me it's the preseason, and them not having training camp is a big thing right now, in my eyes. With a lot of these rookie players having early on success, and you know, if you don't win your first four or five games in the season, it's really hard to come back. And win the rest of the season. I know it's happened. It's possible. But it's a slimmer chance at that point. I want a guy, I want guys who are consistent like Cody was mentioning. So uh, definitely agree with that on that, Cody. Uh, from I believe it's Jibs' turn. Jibs, who we got with your third guy now?
2: I am going to go with Cortland Sutton.
1: Ooh, I don't like this, but go for
2: it. I know you don't like this. But I did it anyway. Could have been with Drew lock. I know you would have like hated that one even worse. But the Broncos went to Costco to fulfill their offensive needs during the draft. And you did sell me on Drew lock, Steve. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think he could elevate his game, but like, I can't just justify taking Cortland Sutton with like the 45th pick or in round four just yeah. because of the fact that the Broncos offense, yes, they're gonna step up, but they're stepping up from nothing. Like, they were ranked 27th or worse in most of the major passing categories last year. And sure, you could get that up, but how high are you going to get that up to, like, the teens, maybe? You're not going to be, like, top 15 or anything like that. I think the Broncos are just uh, they are a running team. Like, they just got Melvin Gordon. They're not just going to take Melvin Gordon just to throw him the rock. No, they're going to run Melvin Gordon into the ground with Phil Lindsay towing it right behind them. So I just think the Broncos are more of running oriented. Sure, Drew Locke's gonna get more better and be a proven quarterback, but still like it's just too much. There's other options in that offense. He should be the top dog, but like I still don't see his target share increasing, which was kind of abysmal last year as it stands.
3: Yeah, I hate that I love all the points that you just made there because I love Cortland Sutton, but I love him what- too. I love him so much, but, but what the Broncos did this off season to completely retool the offense and reload the offense, there's just so many weapons that I think it may leave him with a little bit to be desired. You know, I, I think Judy, Jerry Judy's going to take away quite a bit. And then, like you said, they don't bring in Melvin Gordon for nothing. So I think they're going to use him a lot and I think it's going to cut into what we see out of Cortland Sutton this year.
1: No, I get, I get all your points. Having all these extra weapons is definitely going to take a, a pit, a hit a little bit, but I think the addition of Pat Shermer, I think, I think it's still a positive thing for Cortland Sutton. You've seen Shermer do very successful over the years with fantasy wide receivers. Obviously his time in Minnesota his time in, in, um, in New York, I mean, some of those wire receivers that didn't, has done some production work over those two years he was there. And I still think, again, maybe round four is a little crazy. I think I'd still take him in round four, especially the end of round four at least. Uh, I still think he's a really strong, at least lower-end wire receiver one, high-end wire receiver two in my eyes. So. I get your point, though, Gibbs. Definitely get that.
2: just scares me. Yeah, I get you. And gonna, I'd rather take like Lockett or something over who's going to like maybe a pick or two behind
1: him. Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. I don't know who I would take on that one. Yeah. I'd probably say. I guess I would go Lockett just for the upside of, the, of with Russell, but I don't. I don't hate. I don't still don't hate uh, Quanisun. So, and we'll go to my next one here now and it is mark ingram is my guy guys um he's going 80 his current adp is 39 and that's around, around what three right now end of i guess beginning around 4 i'm sorry i can't take mark ingram that high i'm it, it just doesn't make sense for me he was uber efficient last year and he had 200 carries last year and he had 15 touchdowns overall i just can't see that being something he keeps up this coming season we all know that you know the Dobbins is there now. You bring back Gus Edwards. Justice Hill is supposed to get this bump supposedly by the coaches. Uh, I just can't see that happening. Wait this season. Uh, he had the second best yards per carry. you know he had nine games of ten plus touchdowns. you know he scored a touchdown every fifteen a touch. He's gonna be thirty one by the near the end of the season. i I don't even see him getting two hundred this year. especially with the way this team is built oh uh, 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 God. The Baltimore Ravens have the the best schedule or the easiest schedule this coming season. I know just change, things change all the, over every single year, but again, this is the team who I think will be ahead in a lot of games. I think they want to keep Mark Ingram fresh for the playoffs. You saw him kind of get hurt late in the season and kind of look very mediocre in that playoff run, or not even a run they made, uh, that one playoff game they had. I think having Mark Ingram late in the season like that will be a good benefit for them. He's been there, done that before. Uh, to an extent, and again, by third mid third quarter, I mean he could have like ten carries, and then boom, after that, just, let's get Dobbins in there, let's get Edwards in there, let's let's keep Mark Ingram fresh. Why bring up the carries on him? I could see him getting under two hundred carries this year, and you're getting him in round fours or possibly RB two. I'm not feeling it this year, guys.
3: Yeah, I kind Love of, that. I kind of like Mark Ingram, uh, but I like him in a way that I want to draft him to help my team earlier in the season, and then I want to try to trade him because I feel like, like we said, we talked about the rookies coming in, uh, so we got J.K. Dobbins coming in. He may not get a regular training camp. He may be, get off to a slow start. They may try to work him into the offense a little slower than if he had had a whole preseason. So I feel like Ingram may be one of those guys that you can take advantage of a fast start, get a couple good games out of him and then try to flip him before jk dobbins comes in and really starts to take away a lot of touches from him
2: a little beat and switch i like that see how you play smart (laughs) but um yeah uh 39 if you say steve that's a little too rich for me if i could get um probably say like pick 55 if his value drops a little bit more and some other players get some significant um, updates for training camps or whatever they're doing nowadays. But if okay. I can get them round five, if I can get them in six, probably not. But round five, I'll definitely pull up on Mark them because that's just your possible flex if you want. But I do see your uh, your points on why you shouldn't draft them in the rotational running backs that could pursue if things do get out of hand, like you said. Yeah.
1: His value is too rich for me right now. I wouldn't mind him as my RB three. I think he'd be a pretty solid RB three overall. But round two, round four, early round four, my RB two basically, possibly. I, I I couldn't I couldn't go that high on him. So, not it's a no for me, guys. So now we're on to our number four round bust, Cody. Who do we got for yours?
3: Yeah, so we talked about this guy, too, a little bit earlier, thanks to some breaking news before the podcast. Uh, I have Raheem Mostert here, who was currently going as the 10th pick of the fourth round. And, you know, I I kind of wrote this up assuming that he was going to be in San Francisco because until a half hour before we started, he was going to be in San Francisco. Um, And he still very well could. But you look at... Mostert, sure, he had a good uh, stretch uh, to close the season last year, but you still have so many mouths to feed in that backfield with Tevin Coleman and then Jerick McKinnon coming back and Jeff Wilson. We talked about all this earlier. In the fourth round, you're talking about a guy that I'm probably going to be using as my RB2, maybe a flex, And I just don't want to have to deal with that running back by committee you know, in San Francisco and have to rely on Raheem Oster getting the work because there are going to be games where Tevin Coleman comes out and he rips off a long run to start the game and then he's going to be your lead back for the day. They're going to feed the hot hand, I feel like, in San Francisco. So I just don't want anything to do with the San Francisco running backs. I don't want to have to play the lottery and hope that my fourth-round pick is going to be on the field getting the majority of the handoffs.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more with you, Cody. I don't want to do anything with these 49ers running backs. I, I have them literally avoid all. Avoid them. If you can avoid them, avoid them. If you get a as your RB four five, okay, whatever. But avoid them if you can because you just don't know who's going to be the main guy. Most could do it for four weeks, and then boom, it's Coleman for the next eight, and then maybe Jeff Wilson gets in there for two. Who, you really just don't know. So, I agree with that. Most of this definitely could be a big bust this year, especially if he switches teams. Just
2: stay away. Just stay away from them all. Just yeah. pick one off on waivers. It'll be all right, yeah. like he did last season. Exactly. And, Jims, what do we got with your fourth one? My fourth pick, I'm going to Mario Cooper. I just, the stain I have for this man is just, for me, is just unreal. He just lets me down, and I just keep going back year after year but this year i'm off the train you know why because like we said with other players that we proven and bust like cd lamb is going to be addition but like how much of addition we don't know Wide receivers typically do have a little transitional period and they need to be on the field to know how the quarterback likes his routes or like how he likes the receivers to run them and i just think he still will get some targets but he's not going to be like the splash hit that People are gonna be like expecting in this year but for amari cooper look at it <laughs> points per game average last year 12.9 michael gallup 12.8 yards mm-hmm. cooper had almost 1200 yards even 1189 gallup had 1107 yards so you're getting yeah. the same production basically two three rounds later i'm going gallup all day Forget about Cooper. He's very inconsistent. He's always been your 40 point game, then he'll give you a dud. And you just never know what it is with Cooper, but I'd rather go with Gallup. Safer pick later on, not that big of an investment to hurt your team.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely staying away from Cooper. I mean, I have him highly ranked. He's probably good. He's a good chance he finishes a wide receiver one in fantasy in 2020. But the fact I that you have to so. deal with him on and off all season, uh, it just isn't for me. Again, I'd rather go with Coop, uh, like Gallup. Uh, later in drafts, but, you know, you're getting Cooper in round, possibly round two, round three. I, I agree with you on that, Chips.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I'm, Cooper is, he's so volatile. Yeah, I, I was just saying, he's so volatile, you know, and you can never really tell what, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, you know, the couple years ago that he was traded to Dallas, he absolutely stunk in Oakland. And then he goes to Dallas and then he's really good. And then you go to the next year and it's home games or is the year before, before that actually home games, he was really good away games. He wasn't very good. Now last year, first half, really good. Second half, not really good. So he's just so volatile and you never know when you're going to get that game or when you're going to get stuck with, potentially a zero in your starting lineup. There are so many other guys going around Amari Cooper right now that I'd rather have. These are the guys that are going directly after him. DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. I'd probably rather have any of those guys over Amari Cooper, just because I feel like I know more what I'm going to get than if I have Amari Cooper on my team.
1: Yeah, he's a little hot and cold. A lot of games, as you've seen, he can put up thirty points any day, but he also put you up like two points any any other week. So, yeah, he's definitely a high a high risk, high reward kind of player you're getting early. Who doesn't see as much consistency as a guy like Tyreek Hill? And a little bit of an earlier round, you're going to get him in. So,
2: like that pick there. He's too. a poor man's. He's a poor man's Dak. I mean, uh, Devonte Adams. He has a huge target share, but then like like you said, it just poops out. Freaking. Just- poop and crap games zeros and it's like it's disgusting and he is uh, a little prone to injury but he still could get it done but you know that's a risk for taking when you're trying to pick him that high
1: of course no I get you Uh, and my fourth pick here I have Tom Brady a new Buccaneer and it's not my hatred for Tom Brady for being a Dolphins fan over the years Uh, you know Tom Brady do all due respect great quarterback good fantasy quarterback over his career but You know, over the last, you know, like four or five years, four years now, I mean, every single second half, he's disappointed. Averaged 16 fantasy points a game after just blowing up during the first half of most seasons. And now you're telling he's going to a new team, the new offense. We don't know what you're supposed to expect right now. His ADP is uh, one. That puts you into round 8, beginning of round 9 right there. I'm not comfortable taking Tom Brady that early. Again, it it seems late in the draft, but to me that's still a pretty prime time to get some high upside wide receivers. You know, some more like solid running backs. I'd rather wait until after round 10 to get my quarterback if that's the case there. Again, he's got weapons. He's got obviously fantastic weapons. But again, he's gonna be 43 years old. We have never seen a quarterback play at 43 for 16 games. Different offense, different coaching staff, no offseason possibly to really prepare for this these this chemistry to really build. I mean, he had chemistry players over the years, over years and years and years. And for me, again, him in round like I said, round eight or nine, that's way too early for me. Again, he could end up having a season where he leads this Bucks team to the Super Bowl, but it may not be on the, on the level of him putting up over six hundred attempts this season. you know, I, I just see him possibly being a pretty average quarterback at best, being like a top maybe top sixteen quarterback, but you're getting him as possibly quarterback eight or nine right now. I just can't do that. There are other
3: quarterbacks there that I would rather have. yeah, the weapons are for sure there. You know, they're with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and gronk and 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 all these guys the weapons are there but can a 43 year old tom brady on a new team can he really utilize those weapons and like you said maybe maybe he can you know he maybe he is a top 5 ends up a top 5 quarterback this year but i don't want to take a chance on that in the 8th round when a few picks later i can get matt ryan or a whole round later i can get josh allen or a whole round after that when i can get carson wentz or matt stafford i don't really want to spend that kind of capital on tom brady and hope that he still has it and and you know everything pans out perfectly and he has that big season
1: no exactly couldn't agree more i just it's too much of a risk for me to take tom brady I, in that early if he falls after round 10 I wouldn't mind definitely taking him but uh, that early no can't do it for me, guys uh, so we'll go to our last one real quick here and Cody you're up who's your last bust of the day
3: yeah my last bust here is AJ Green and he is going as the 607 currently in drafts and for me that is way too high um, I mean, you're talking about a guy here that he's not that far removed from being a consistent thousand yard receiver, but he is two years removed from even being healthy and playing football. So you look at AJ Green, he's 32 years old. He's been injury plagued throughout his career. And now he's going to come back after a year and a half off to a new quarterback. A new offense Um, he's not going to have any chemistry or much chemistry at all with Joe Burrow and maybe it ends up taking him some time to get going this season and that's just not something that in the sixth round I'm really interested in you know taking somebody that I'm not going to be able to use right away Um, you know like the sixth round is maybe a wide receiver four, maybe a wide receiver three. So maybe it's worth it, but I just feel like the chances of, of him actually being healthy, staying healthy, giving you the return on investment that you put into him in the sixth round. I don't really see it happening. And and once again, you know, I look at the guys that are kind of going around him in that area. And you can get Hollywood Brown. You can get Jarvis Landry. You can get Brandon Cooks. So do I want to get one of those guys rather than A.J. Green? Probably, because I feel like they'll be more consistent and there's a better chance that they give me those numbers. A.J. Green, he's the lottery ticket. And you might hit, he might give you a 1,000-yard season, and he might be really good. But the sixth round for me is too early. Uh,
0: for A.J. Green.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm very on board with the A.J. Green uh, bust this year. I don't buy it. I, I believe he actually even has, hasn't even signed his franchise tag yet, if I'm not mistaken. I could oh, be wrong, but I'm no pretty sure he hasn't. Um, you know, I, I think Joe Burrow's skill sets favor Tyler Boyd better, uh, and with all the weapons there now, and Joe Mixon running, I, I completely agree with you, Cody on that one. Jibs, what about you? What is your last one?
2: All right. Well, I want to put them in together because they're just going absurdly high. We'll be Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But I just put Lamar Jackson on the spotlight because before when I uh, looked at his ADP, it was a little um, higher than um, Patrick Mahomes, but now they're back to back. But just for Lamar Jackson's sake, uh, there hasn't been a back to back fantasy. I mean, one QB finisher since Nam that I, I, I looked back a long time, like maybe since like 2000, I couldn't even find one. Oh so <laughs> it's crazy like that. But the Ravens said they want to kind of get a more uh, polished in the passing game. Lamar Jackson wants to prove in the passing game. So obviously we're not going to see like that absurd 3000, 1000 season that he had last year, passing and um, running the ball. So we'll see some rushing attempts go down, but then like, Fancy owners also have to just kind of think though if they want to just like this is the downside. Like I'm Lamar Jackson truther and a believer, but like if he kind of gets his passing volume expanded, that he may be prone to more picks because like last year they used that rushing power rushing game so well that they didn't have to lean on no uh, any passing. And that kind of like kind of limited some of the mistakes, but now if they're going to be thrown, where he might be prone to more mistakes. So it's kind of some things you just got to think about, especially like if you get penalized more for interceptions in your league.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying about Lamar Jackson for sure. I've had the best finish since 2011, I believe. Last time Drew Brees did it, uh, it was Pat Mahomes who finished seventh this past season. Again, he was a little injured, so who knows what would have happened. But uh, if and even he finished seventh that's qb again that's qb seven and who's going qb seven right now that's round seven or eight that's just on watson something like that um, so Allen, Allen, whatever again that's round seven round eight you're getting him in round three yeah i get it it's he could definitely be what of a bus but again you take that shot because he can put up big numbers again possibly but you're taking a risk in round three taking a guy like lamar jackson
2: and it's all about preference, too. Like, if you want to take a shot on early round three, go ahead. But, like, if I could get him at the end of round three, I'll do it. I'll consider it. But, like, just that early portion, no, not at all for me.
3: Yeah, I'm not an early quarterback guy. So those guys are, are always off the board for me. You know, they're I'm never going to get either of those guys. I, I'm probably not taking quarterback until, I don't know, Maybe the sixth at the earliest if I want one so I mean yeah those guys it's ridiculous to think that people are taking them in the middle of the second round uh when they can get you know a, a better option a better uh wide receiver or running back or maybe even a tight end and then have a quarterback later like a, you know I don't know anybody that you can get you know at a decent price you know uh, Carson Wentz or a Josh Allen or whatever uh, it's it just blows my mind that people will do that but they see the name and they remember what they've done for him in the past and you know they just jump on it and I, I don't think it's a smart decision I think you should wait for your quarterbacks but hey you do you <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: no, definitely. I mean, Jibs aren't early-round quarterback people either. So, yeah, again, if you take your shot at the quarterback, you know, just take that hope that he's not probably going to finish one overall again, guys. So, and going into my last one real quick here, uh, I chose a tight end for this one, and I know Jibs isn't going to like this per se, but it's it's a fact right now. It's Dallas Goddard. No, I'm a huge fan, guys. Don't get me wrong. Huge fan of Dallas God. and if he was in another situation where he was the primary tight end, he'd probably be a top-five tight end for me in, in, in 2020. But the fact that he's a backup to a guy who's a top-five tight end doesn't do it for me. Again, he was a tight end seven from you know week seven on, and what happened in week seven and on, all the wide receivers started getting hurt, hurt, hurt. I mean, Greg Ward was your best wide receiver at the time. Yeah, obviously you're going to use two tight ends more often. And for me, he is going currently in round 10, ADP-122. Uh, yeah, that just doesn't do it for me, guys. I'd rather take a shot at Mike Kosicki, Jonu Smith, Noah Font at that range. I know that if he, you know, if Ertz were to get hurt, God, it would be amazing. But Ertz got to get hurt. I'm not going to rely on a season if he's going to get hurt. Um, again, he's a tremendous talent. And I He's gonna be somewhat involved. He's definitely someone worth drafting later. I think a little bit later, like round 14 range for me, um, because he will be involved. But again, the young, the wide receiver coming back healthy, younger wide receivers are coming in this game. Miles Sanders is gonna take another step in this passing game. Uh, I just don't see you know Dallas Goddard being a a big a top a top ten fantasy a top ten fantasy tight end this year. Maybe finishes in the top twenty, of course, but not top ten. I can't see it. Uh, so that's why I have him as my as my bust right now, where he's going. Great
3: take.
1: Thank you, thank you very much.
3: Yeah, I don't think you can take Goddard right now. Draft Goddard and not draft another tight end. You know, uh, and I'm not. I'm also not a two tight end guy. I usually don't draft two tight ends. I usually just get one and stick with him until I need to add another one for a bye week. But Dallas Goddard, I like the price tag. You know, 10th isn't terrible for Goddard right now. But if I'm taking him, I'm going to have to take a second option as well because you don't want to go into the season with your number one tight end not even being the number one tight end on his own team.
1: Exactly. That's, ex- that's, that's my main point. If you're going and grabbing him in round 10, you got to grab someone else. And that puts you in a different situation in your drafts. Uh, unlike you, Cody, I don't like drafting another tight end. I like to stick with one and then waiver wire the next one when I need to. Uh, so if you take Goddard at 10, guys, right now, you got to draft someone else to at least just kind of balance it out. Because if Goddard hits, you're boom, you're, you're golden. But until that happens, I just can't see it working well for me, uh, taking him in, in round 10. That is the end of our episode, guys. Uh, Cody, really appreciate you jumping on tonight. I know we were, you know, we were a little struggling a little earlier finding a go- uh, guest today, but you you joined us. You saved us there, so we do really much appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, anytime you need somebody, let me know. Absolutely, will do. Um, and just let everyone know where they can find you at on Twitter. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Master yeah, so give him a follow, guys. You know, Me and him work together with the We Know Fantasy podcast, so if you want to check out some of his stuff, it will be over there. And as far as us, guys, you know, you know, check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We have all of our rankings, articles, uh, streams, podcasts. Uh, hopefully my draft guide will be up there in the next couple of weeks working hard on that. Uh, you can definitely go follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. You can follow our Instagram at The, the Fantasy Coaches, and you can follow me at Coach Stephen P.,
2: follow me at
1: hot contra absolutely guys so we appreciate you jumping on today tune back in next week we're going to be doing some I believe we're going to be doing some come uh, comeback players uh, with Kyle August uh, so looking forward to that so tune in guys next week Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your guys' day. The back is not
0: far fed. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like poopers, scoopers. Clueless analyst. Don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act, internet sh- like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest enter the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this, nuts' it's legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep 100 like I'm running track. and Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back, back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that. Go.